Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the show. I'm your host Jeremy Marriott and today on the show we have got Tyson Laws. Now Tyson was an Australian competitive swimmer, changed to running his own business then did a complete switch around and is now working in high performance coaching with one of the biggest business coaches in Australia, Cohen Ray. We're going to have a chat to him today um, about the struggles he's had in his life and how he's enjoying what he's doing now that he's discovered his true purpose. You all good? Yeah, we got there, oh, didn't we? sweet. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll start again really quick. Uh, welcome to the show, Tyson. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you on. So just a quick rundown, if you will, for our listeners out there and what you do and, and what you're up to at the moment. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, I currently work for a company called Curl and Ray. Um, so we help business owners. Um, and I've been here for about two years now. But before that, I had a range of jobs. I was a mechanic in my past life, as I like to say. Um, but um, also an elite swimmer and, um, and also competed in martial arts. And um, I've done many, many different things. So I think um, I like to say I've, I've tasted a lot, right? I've, I've been mm. through um, a, a lot for my short time on this, on this earth. But, so, uh, yeah. so how old are you? 25. 25, oh, you're a young fellow. Yeah. So you were, you were spinning spanners before coming in your current position now? Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was uh, currently, I reckon I was about 15, 16 when I was, I was still swimming very competitively. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was in school and I didn't really enjoy school much. So I was like, okay, what can I do? It was a bit of a transition period um, out of swimming and into something. Um, And I sort of just fell into mechanics as a bit of a work experience thing. And I, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it at the time because it was new and it was yeah. like, whoa, this is, you know, this is very, very interesting. And I fell in love with cars. All right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I fell in love with that, but always like, even through my apprenticeship, I was always, uh, all right, how can I make build, how can I make something bigger? So I, mm. I started a business You know, after hours. I, I, w- I was doing that. I was, I was always very proactive because I think I I think there was there's always a, a drive in me to to really make something um, mm-hmm. and, and be somebody very early on when I was um, yeah very early on when I you know going through my competitive swimming and things like that but um, that was the driver that got me to the point that I definitely realized that um, you know especially in the past two years it's it's really um, more about the journey than than it is the the goal or the destination and yeah, and you know having goals and destinations is is great but um yeah that's what i found even with my swimming it was yeah. always um it was always oh, i'd love to have an olympic gold medal but i wasn't in love with the grind but now i'm in love with the grind i love what i do um and i've got goals and ambitions right so yeah it's a little bit about me that's cool yeah so you let you like most small businesses are, are owners of I've met they all seem to be either like martial artists or extreme athletes or something like that. But now you're working for the man. Now I am working for the man, and it was so 
Um, so I was actually a client before I joined the team, which is really, really interesting. So um, it's, it's actually a really interesting story. I, um, I was a fully qualified mechanic. I was sort of playing and dabbling in the idea of my own business. Um, mm -hmm. And that was when I was about 20, uh, turning 21. And I just had a, a relationship breakup and relationship breakdown um, of, of three years. And I was, I was just super lost. I didn't yeah. know what my purpose was. I didn't know, um, yeah, what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to be a mechanic forever. I liked the idea of business. Um, it was actually when I, I went camping with some mates. We did an annual camping trip, no reception. It was great. Um, but it was actually by the fire. It all sort of came to me and it all sort of clicked that, um, you know, I want to help people. I want to coach people, you know, um, and then the next day, um, when when I was driving back and I and I got reception, I uh, I got a message from my ex who I um, had the relationship break up with, and it was uh, one of Kion's videos, and it was the, his purpose video. Like, how oh yes, I think that's yeah, his famous video. Yeah, um, so it, it just aligned, and I was like, I've you know I started following this guy. Um, I'm like, oh, this is the Aussie, Aussie Tony Robbins. Like, mm -hmm. who's this guy? Who's this guy that you know? And he literally changed my life. The videos changed my life, and yeah, I I set out the intention to be a part of that because it was so aligned with my purpose and helping people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you went to an event. Yeah. So went to a fast grow summit, um, and then in Melbourne because mm -hmm. I'm originally from Melbourne. Um, and then I attended a now and scallop, um, and those three days absolutely changed my life. It was, you know, like it, it was the, the, the awakening, you know, it yeah. was the, the slap in the face, like, all right, here's, here's what you've got. You know, you now have the responsibility to do something with your life sort mm -hmm. of thing. Um, uh, and the tools that I got from that, um, was absolutely incredible. So that sort of just set me up. And there's been, you know, um, it's been a journey ever since and always, mm. always still on a journey, but, um, yeah, it's, I, uh, so then you I threw your tools in the bin. Yeah, I, I literally did that. I, I had the mentality, right. When I, when I got offered the role mm. and I actually had, uh, friends and family members a little bit concerned, but, um, <laughs> uh, cause I'm like, okay, I got offered this position. Um, I'm moving up from Melbourne to Sydney for, for the role. Um, sold everything, sold all my tools. And I had this mentality of burning the boats, right? It's like, yeah, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm either, I'm going to succeed because I'm, I'm not having a second, second option. It was yeah. like, this is it. Like I'm, I'm going to succeed at this. Um, so I just had that grit and determination to just really just, you know, really live on purpose. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that was, it was very interesting. Um, I had a lot of a lot of doubt from a lot of different people, um, but I knew in my heart that this is where I needed to be. Did you get that you're giving away a trade job? You know, you're giving guaranteed work for a dream. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. And oh, should you, um, you know, just keep your tools just in case it doesn't work out? And um, you can always go like buy that. more tools. 
Yeah, exactly right. The snap-on yeah. guy will always be happy to sell you tools. Oh, yeah, that snap-on truck. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> so what, yeah. what, where did you first start at in the, in the company? Obviously, yeah, you sure. straight up. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I started off as um, a K2 concierge. So that's essentially a junior account manager equivalent of, um, and it's sort of, I was very fortunate to be in that role because, you know, working with our K2 elites, um, you know, um, very, very special. And that's where I sort of started off. And, um, it was me and, and one other talent member in that, in that position. And, um, I just grew, I, well, my mentality was I want to learn, I want to absorb, I want to take on so I can have the most impact. Um, yeah. And oh, man, there's, there's been so many incredible lessons along the way, but that's sort of where I started. And then, um, you know, I got promoted into a senior um, K2 concierge and then um, a, a strategic coach and planning facilitator as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, also head of head of customer loving at this stage as well. So it's, it's been, it's been a journey over, it's nearly been two years now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And just a lot, absolutely every minute of it. It's, um, yeah. And your, your, uh, your favorite, what would you say your favorite part is so far? Like planning or customer care or. That's, that's a great question. I love leadership and I love coaching and I, mm-hmm. I feel like they're, they're very much go hand in hand. Um, yeah. Coaching is leadership. You know, you've you've got to have the ability to influence and 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 make an impact, but also lead in the right direction. Um, and I've I've always had this uh, mentality that leadership's a behaviour. It's it's not a title. It's like it's how you show up, right? Um, so being able to have those conversations and know that I can support somebody in making you know a, a better decision for themselves. Um, you know, and, and got, be along the journey with them um, is, is super, super powerful and it fills my cup. So I love having those conversations um, and supporting. Um, I'm, I'm very much a people person. And I think, yeah, I think that is, um, you know, that's where I love to play. Mm. And um, I've, I've got this mentality as well with coaching and with leadership. It's not you're not telling, you're never telling people what to do. They've already got the answer within themselves. It's just you're facilitating and supporting an environment and space to really help them, you know, um, become the best versions of themselves, mm. really. Yeah, um, I, do, I, do, I do that with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, don't you do that. that. Don't you do that shit on me. And I'm like, you know the answer already. Let's work toward yeah. that answer. She's like, yeah, oh. That's it. <laughs> I just want your opinion. I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you how to do it. This is what you need to figure out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I know you've got a, a keen interest in psychology mm. um, and human behavior and I was I was listening to a TED talk by uh Nick Bowditch. Um, mm. and he was talking about uh, entrepreneurs and people of high performance. We have um 72% more chance of suffering from mental health issues than mm. general public. And there's this big debate at the moment is whether is, is uh, does that happen because we're entrepreneurs or are we entrepreneurs or high performance people because of those? And I'd just like to get your take on that because there is no set 
evidence at the moment on, on which way it, it goes. Yeah, well, it's the old um, cause and effect, right? Um, and I'm just trying to think of a way to put this in words that, um, yeah, because to me it is, it's so, um, it, it, it's so, it's not, so, it's not black and white, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, um, it, it really depends on that person's um, makeup as well. And it's the whole nature versus nurture debate, right? Yeah. It's, is it how you got brought up? Um, this is the way I said, how you got brought up or is it just that's your genetics and that's your makeup and that's mm. how you are. Mm. Um, so I really do feel um, that um, in my perspective, entrepreneurs, they're set out to strive and mm. they've got this big hairy audacious goal and they want to, they want to grow and they want to learn. And um, the, the big part that's missing is enjoying the journey and this and the lesson on self, because I feel like a lot of um, entrepreneurs and business owners, they want to, it's, it's like once they get to X point, I'll be happy. Yeah. Which right? is not true. But it, it's not right. It's, it's, it's just like they, they get there and like, Oh shit, is that it? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a lesson of, of self. Um, you know, we always say business is a reflection of self and, I, um, I, I truly believe that if we really focus on ourselves and making us the better, best version of, of ourselves, that the business will, as a natural consequence, grow mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah. So, look, I, I, I can't say that, you know, it's definitive black or white, but mm-hmm. I, I can say that majority of people, and it's not, and I, I wouldn't say just business owners, but anyone that's got this goal in mind because they're trying to fill a void within their life, um, is um is is generally going to feel some form of that without just really enjoying themselves and enjoying the journey yeah i i always my my take is that they're so focused on the goal they don't take the time to manage self-care whereas if you were just working nine to five you know you blow off steam with your mates on the weekends and whereas you know high performance people will work and then they'll do their side hustle after work or then they'll train for like four hours. Like you would have been, I'm guessing when you were swimming probably before work, you would have been training and after and you don't yeah. get that time for self care, but it'll be interesting yeah. to see what they work out in the future with that. You know, like well, old... I think if you look at um, elite athletes, right, they, let's say for example, they train 20%, 20% of their time. Um, they compete 4% of their time and the remaining of their time is, is rest and recovery Mm. because they know for them to train and, um, you know, be able to step to the next level recovery is such an important process. But when it comes to entrepreneurs, where the equivalent of, you know, and business owners, the equivalent of an elite athlete in business, we we're working majority of the time we're training very minimally. Mm -hmm. So we're competing the equivalent of competing majority of the time we're training very minimally um, and then we're resting fuck all. So that's where the burnout happens. Yeah. Um, so I think it's super important, especially in this, in this day and age with entrepreneurs and business owners to be able to take the time and create the space for self-care. And, uh, and I'm a big, big avid believer in that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, 
it's the old, you've got to put your own oxygen mask on before you can put others on. Because if you, if you look after yourself first, you can better in turn look after others. Um, yeah. And I truly believe in that. I was just, I was just saying this to a friend. I was saying that you need to be the best version of yourself. Cause people are like, I'll do anything for my kids. I'm like, well, the number one thing you need to do is be the best you can be by looking after right. yourself. That means you're the best for your kids, you know, or, yeah. or your spouse. You know, like, I mean, my parents would do anything for us to the detriment of themselves when we were growing up, you know, and it needs to be, it needs, the thinking needs to change on that, you know. And what, what, what are you demonstrating to oh, your yeah. kids or team, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, because people see you, um, you know, and they, and they watch and, and they model. And it's like, what do you, what do you want to demonstrate as a leader, as a business owner, as a parent? Mm. Um, yeah. So your, your self-care routine, I'm guessing it's cool. meditation. Yeah. I do a lot of meditation. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I truly in that transcendental meditation. Um, and sometimes some guided, um, just depending on, um, what that looks like. But, um, so I, I generally get up five, five thirty. Mm-hmm. um, used to it being a swimmer. We used to get up, you know, that early, <laughs> yeah. um, and, um, I'll uh, have a cold shower. So the hot cold, um, which is super beneficial. I find it just wakes the whole nervous system up. Yeah, um, and then I used to it. Yeah. I'm still not used to it yet. It's something you've got to get used to, right? Like, uh, it's about eight weeks now and I've got to eight weeks? pump myself yeah. up. <laughs> like I'm about to jump off a cliff to, to get in. I tell you what, I, I don't think anyone gets used to it, but they, they definitely, for whatever sick reasons. I don't know, man. That, that Wim Hof guy gets in freezing cold water like it's, like it's nice room temperature. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? Crazy. Um, so you do the cold yeah. showers, yeah? Yeah, so start off with the cold showers. Um, and then I, I generally, um, I, I have a meditation chair, <laughs> which is really interesting. So I don't do anything else in it, but either meditate, journal, read, or um, breath work. So I do mm-hmm. breath work, prime myself for meditation. Um, generally, it's a little bit of Wim Hof or it's um, a, a different other breath, um, breath breathing techniques to just prime my, um, prime my nervous system as well. And, um, and then I meditate for 20 minutes or do a guided meditation for 20 minutes. And then generally I just journal. So that, and that can sometimes be a paragraph that can sometimes be a page or two. Um, but yeah, that's, that's generally what I do. And, um, then take the dog for a walk as well. So if you could just run our listeners through, uh, the, the mm-hmm. difference between the transcendental meditation yeah. more than guided. Yeah, yeah, sure. So transcendental is a process that um, you, you go through a training and you receive a, a mantra, which is essentially just like a word or a sound um, that you repeat in, in your head. Um, and no one else has, every mantra is unique and no one else mm-hmm. has your mantra. So it's, it's just bring your focus back to a point. You know, some meditations you focus on your breathing, some yeah. you just, you know, focus on being mindful and, and, and being a, like present Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, it just brings you back to a mantra. So, so that's, so you, you go and you go to a course now, I'm guessing it's like martial arts. There's a master or something that teaches you. Yes. Yeah. Stuff. Very, very similar to that. So I did that two, two and a half years ago. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's like a four day, um, 
course that you do to yeah. um, just go through the whole process of learning how to meditate, learning how to do TM, uh, transcendental. Um, and uh, yeah, and then off you go. They recommend doing it um, two, uh, two 20 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so morning, afternoon, I generally just do, just do it once, once a day. But when I have done it twice, I've seen also seen the benefits as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a matter of just getting into that routine of, of meditating. Um, I've, I've got this philosophy. It's the small little consistencies that make the big difference, right? So start off, you know, even if you start off with 10 minutes, you know, and you do that consistently and then build it to 15, build it to 20. Um, yeah. yeah, because that will compound over time to, to help you, you know, make it a habit and, you know, make yourself a better person really yeah if i don't do it now i'll feel weird for the rest of the day i think yeah. i missed out twice and i'm like something's not right today and so what have you done found it. with the benefits of of uh, meditating oh man um so it took about two weeks before the the because i have got a morning routine now very much like yourself except mine's mm-hmm. got exercises before meditation it took about two weeks and then i actually started to feel uh, happier. I started yep. to be more like my old self that I was when mm-hmm. I was not running a business when I was working for someone else. And I was always more happy, more, more joking. And, um, just my performance and my focus has lifted. Nice. Like, um, yeah, just, awesome. I wouldn't not yeah. do it now. You know what I yes. mean? And you've just got to stick to it for, for two or three weeks. And then you start to see benefits. It's like eating, eating, healthy you know you don't see the benefits mm. until later and the problem is people don't stick to it you know mm-hmm. and, I, and i think after the last mastermind i was like well i've been wrong about stuff before i'll give it a go and, and we'll see what happens like obviously because i've done kung fu for a long time we do mm. uh, we do breathing work in like kind of tai chi but a little bit faster called qigong and i've been doing that for a long long time um yep. but never actually closed eye sit there and and yep meditate you know and um yeah i still have problems with focus but it's getting better and better you know you, you your mind starts to wonder about stuff you've got to get done for the day you know 100 percent. well the mentality with transcendental as well is um during those 20 minutes you're going to have thoughts that pop up yeah but it's almost like disassociating like yeah. we don't breathe air in or light into any of those thoughts you just oh whoops a, a thoughts popped up let me slowly bring myself back to the mantra yeah um yeah, and I, it, it is, it's like building a muscle. And that's the process of meditation. That's why it's so beautiful. It's like, to, from my perspective, you're supposed to have stuff pop up. Mm. So then you can. It's the process of bringing yourself back to a focus point. Um, yeah. So uh, just, and also when you mean, when you talk about journaling, what, what yes. is that? Because a lot of people obviously don't, never heard of that. Everyone knows about keeping yeah. a diary, but, you know, is that yep. similar to that or? Um, journaling for me, um, I don't have any structure to it. Um, so I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's an activity for me to let out whatever comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's no structure. There's no intention. It's just, all right, I'm just going to start writing. Um, you know, and it could be, you know, today I feel this X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And then all of a sudden I'm on a completely different subject and I was like, oh, it's like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Mm. It's just a way to sort of collect your thoughts and um, 
I, I almost like to see it as like tapping into that subconscious mind and, and gather your thoughts into, into um, a, a perspective because um, sometimes we can have stories and, and thoughts and everything else going on up here. But if we just let it out, the process of letting it out um, and, and, and getting pen to paper, there's something therapeutic about that um, from my perspective and something powerful about it. So, you know, I don't, even, even in that perspective, I don't really breathe life, um, life into, um, what I write. Um, yeah, I don't really reflect on it. I don't really go back on it. Um, it, you know, it might pop up during the day and I might be like, Ooh, that's an insight or that's a perspective that I've, you know, I've gained, but yeah, that's, um, that's, that's the way I journal. Yeah. And did you find that you had that drop in your support network when you, when you moved and that these things kind of helped? Great question. Great question. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I don't, um, mm-hmm. which is, which is really interesting. I, I have got such amazing friends and family, you know, back in Melbourne and back home, I still call it, you know, home. Um, and I think it will always be home, but for the first time in my life, and I can honestly say I, um, I felt um, like I belonged, mm. you know, in, and that's, and it was, and it was the feeling of being on purpose. And I knew I was exactly where I needed to be when I moved up to Sydney and you know, started working with um, the team um, and working with Kel. And it was, it was a, it was a very interesting feeling. I don't think I ever felt maybe at the start, I maybe felt a little bit lonely and had, had some, you know, um, as you usually do, it's, it's, a, it's a change period and mm-hmm. just going through that change management. Um, but I, I felt so on purpose and just so excited um, yeah. when I did, which is really interesting. Yeah. Cause I equate Melbourne when I went to Melbourne, um, it's very much like Fremantle. In, in over here, if you've ever been to Fremantle, it's kind of laid back, yeah. big live music scene and and such yeah. all that. Whereas Sydney is not so much mm. you know, that that cultural hub. It's a bit uh, all all business. I think yes. that's the best yes. way to, to, yeah. to say. And yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's what I've, you know, the that's what I've missed with um, living in Sydney is probably just um, being back in Melbourne. Like I was in the suburbs, so mm. a bit of nature, you know, um, beach, lifestyle, green, you know, foresty, that sort of thing. And I think the way I see Sydney is it is, it's very driven. It's, um, yeah, people, are, people are, can be quite stressed and that's generalizing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of course. Everyone's very, yeah that's, that's, everyone's very go, go, go. Um, whereas it, Melbourne's it, is a good mix of laid back, but they, they, you know, they still got that drive. Um, yeah. so it's, um, I, I do love going back and I love, you know, connecting with, with, with family and friends and um, every time connect- I'm there, I go to the corner hotel to see a band. I don't care who, ba- but, what band's playing. It's such a good venue, you know? It is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good old, good old hotel. So, uh, you're, you're single then I'm guessing. On your, no, I've got a partner. Oh, you've got a partner. Yeah. Yes, um, for about eight months now. Wow. Um, she also works um, with the team um, in the events team. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, that's that's been that's been awesome as well. Lots of challenges, lots of lessons. Well, you're um, you're fairly separate then, though. If you're if she's on events and you're yes, doing this, yes. then they've still got we that division. 
yes, we don't generally work very closely together. But, um, you know, especially going into lockdown and COVID, just working remotely, I think that's obviously had it, had its challenges, um, as I'm sure, um, you know, many people in, in similar situations that had to work from home with their partners, um, you know, and family and stuff like that. But, you know, absolutely love it a bit. And, um, yeah, just growing just growing so much and so much, le- so many lessons, you know, in relationships. Yeah. What's the, what's the biggest one so far? Oh, <laughs> I, I know it's hard to say one. Okay. It's the biggest yeah. couple. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. With, with um, working relationships. With working relationships, um, boundaries. And it's something that I'm working on um, as of late. I, I think especially work if, if you if you're in a relationship and you're working together um whether that be business partners or um you know and, and life partners um or just work colleagues both both in a relationship i think you, you've got to know when to um when to have the work hat on and when to have the you know the relationship mm. like switch off so mm. generally we've got a rule where we get home we can chat about work but we have usually have like a 10 15 minute yeah we can have a debrief but then all right let's switch off let's you know let's focus on us or let's focus on ourselves as well because i think that's a big part of boundaries as well is understanding that um yeah you've got to have time for yourself and that's um it's it's a beautiful process so i think that's look that's the one that i've been working on as of late personally um, and it's, it's been a beautiful, beautiful process. And I love just learning and growing together because look, I think the goal for relationships is, is going along the ride to, together, but we're both on separate boats. Does that make sense? We're going to the, yeah. we're, we're heading towards, you know, a collective goal together, but we're both on separate boats. Um, but we're doing it together because we're mm. both our own people, our own person, um, and we both want to be happy by ourselves, but we're doing it yeah. together, which, yeah, I, yeah, I absolutely oh, that's love really it. Weird. My granddad used to use a very similar analogy. He said, there's two, like you, when you have a partner, you're both on a rowboat, you both got to be rowing the same way. Otherwise you end up just going around in circles. Mm, yeah. That makes sense. Mm. Yep. Yep. So yeah. You, if you both have one paddle each and you're like, yeah, you're just yep. going to go around in circles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, no, didn't, you didn't go up to Byron with the rest of the team. You're still in, in, in Sydney. Then. Yeah, still in Sydney. Um, back in the office here at HQ, which is, which is good. Um, it's, it's been really, really good to be back in the office with the team. Um, yeah, and who knows where, where we'll go next. We're obviously very fast-paced, very um, high-moving. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's been good to, to stay in Sydney and um, be here with the team as well because the majority of the team are – are still based in Sydney. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So everyone's still close by. Oh, yeah. what are you doing, little man? <laughs> Do you want to say hello? No. Well, go out to mum, would you please? <laughs> All right, go out to mum. Yeah. Sorry, Tyson. He does this That's all the time. Here you go, take that to mum. Go get it, turn it on for you. Oh, close the door, buddy. Close the door. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah. Every time I do a podcast, he comes in. Yeah. Every single Love time. That. 
So what's what's your biggest growth you think you've seen since working with this with this team? Because um, you know, I know it's it's really good working there culturally, and and everyone's yep. about growth. What's what's the biggest thing you've seen in yourself? In myself, that's a great question, oh, man. It, and it, it's so hard to of answer. Course. That's why I ask the hard questions. Yeah, I love it. No, and I love the hard questions. So it's great. You're actually really making me think. Um, Biggest growth. All right, just wait for her, buddy. You have to go get mum to plug it in. <laughs> um, yeah, biggest growth. Um, we can come back to it. No, I think... Um, uh, think of love myself, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually learned to love myself. Yeah. And, and step into that because I, I for a very long time, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's the biggest sort of overarching thing that, that um, for, you know, it has many, many lessons within that, but yeah. it's, it's really loving myself. But I guess also the the lesson that um, you know you've you can have all the success in the world, but unless you're on purpose and you, you're you're fulfilled, you're it's hollow. It, it, it's hollow. It's it's all for nothing. And um, I absolutely love my parents to bits, and they owned a quite a successful learn to swim business. Um, and look, I I saw them, and they had great success. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't want to speak on behalf of them, but the way I perceived it is the fulfillment wasn't quite there. They're always stressed, you know, Mm -hmm. there was always something going on. Um, so I think I took that, um, and I took that as a big lesson that whatever I'm going to do in life, yes, I want to be successful, but I want to have fun while doing it and I want to enjoy the journey and I want to be fulfilled. And I think the fulfillment pieces comes from, um, me being able to help help people um but you know and also I, I get to help myself along the way because i get the lessons out of it as well yeah so i can see why you became a swimmer then for parents yes in school yes i kind of just sort of fell into it i was a water rat very 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 early on That's yeah cool. were your parents yeah. professional swimmers as well or, or competing um, athletes my my dad was a footballer and he, he was a swimmer when he was younger. He, I wouldn't say he was um, on the elite level, of this, you know, um, competing in Australia um, or anything else like that. But he he was a he was a um, fell into a head coaching role, and since then he's been on many Australian teams. Okay. He's the coach um, world champions and Commonwealth Games champions and things like that. So he was actually my coach um, for a very long time as well. Oh, you're always harder on your your family than you are on anyone else. Yeah, it was it was a very interesting, um, you know, relationship and many many lessons mm. within that as well. Which which was, um, you know, reflecting on it, we've got a great relationship now, um, and yeah, I, I love that we we can you know I can have conversations with him and I can, you know, sometimes take the role of the coach in in that convers in those conversations as well, and we've. Um, 
you know, definitely healed from, from some of those, um, some of those things, but um, definitely challenging. Yeah. Um, so you your know. dad's a coach and you're a coach now. Yes. Yeah. And some would say I've just followed his footsteps just in a different vehicle. Um, but maybe. Um, yeah. And maybe sub- like that was never the intention, but maybe subconsciously that, you know, that that's um, how it played out. But um, I've always, um, I've always admired my dad. Um, oh yeah, we know. all do. You know. Yeah. And, and what he does. They do the um, best that they can for us as everyone does. Yeah, That's it. Uh, it's funny, isn't it? Human beings, we, um, we'll critique the hell out of ourselves, but we won't actually congratulate ourselves on, on anything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really strange what you're saying about um, learning to love who you are, you know? Yes. And um, not try and, and not try and be somebody that you, that you will think will get more love. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Just put your hand up yes. and say, I'm, I am who I am. If, if you don't like me, that's, that's your problem, not mine. Right. Yeah. And mm. to get into a place where that's um, where, where you can be your true authentic self without feeling like you have to be somebody for somebody else mm. is, um, is really, really powerful, but it's, look, it's fucking hard. Do you, do, you, be real. do you think there's more of that? Cause when I was a, when I, cause I obviously got some years on you when I was a kid, we had no internet, no phone. Obviously we were the last generation not to have it. Um, and there was not so much of that pretending to be someone you're not for the likes. Do you think that's more prevalent? Cause you would have driven up. You, I suppose you probably got a mobile phone when you were quite young yeah. and was connected. Um, do you think that's more prevalent in your generation? Did you see that a lot of people pretending to be something they're not? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's um, heightened, heightened it. I, mm. I think for, for me, social media just brings out, more of what it just sort of exposes, mm. um, you know, our um, insecurities or um, things, things like that. So um, there is obviously a lot of comparison that that's involved within Instagram and Facebook and everything else like that. Um, so I, I think that's, look, it, it's definitely come out more and it, it, it's heightened it and exposed it more. Um, it's interesting that you said like you didn't feel like you had that growing up, which no, um, no not no. at all. No. Do you feel like others did? No, not really. Uh, no, because, you know, I came from working class family in mm. a working class neighborhood and it was just like, well, this is who we are. You, this is who I am. If you don't like me, then, you know, go fuck yourself yep. pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's a social economic thing. Maybe it's, you know, when you're living or in the, uh, in the high economic areas, um, high education areas, there is that old British, you know, you have to keep face. You can't mm. embarrass the family. You have to go to university and all that kind of stuff. And, and for the, for the, what do they call Like the honor of the family. Whereas in, yeah. whereas where I grew up, we didn't really have any of that. It was just, that's who you are, you know? Yeah. People don't like it. They can fuck off pretty much. <laughs> And like, I, I guess great mentality, um, in, in certain aspects. Um, but do you feel like that stopped you from growing potentially? For, for oh yeah, of course. Cause we were in a box, you know, you're yep. in blue collar working class. Your dad is uh, a worker. You'll be a worker as well, you know? Mm. Um, and then as soon as you, and it's, it's 
big thing, man, a tall poppy syndrome in working class, you know, mm. and we were brought up, you see someone in a Porsche, they're either a drug dealer, pedophile, um, just a bad dude or a villain or a criminal or whatever. Cause that's the only way you can get there. If you, to be showy with, with, with money, which is not true. You know, obviously that yeah. worked hard to get where yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, and um, that's that's the biggest thing I found is that once you start getting above your assigned station, someone will come in there and cut you down. Mm. You mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. which now yeah. obviously uh, it's not true, and I'm not bringing my son up like that, or and I don't think that way anymore. But some of yes. my some of my peers that I don't see very often anymore because I've slowly filtered my time with them are still the same. You know. Yep. Uh, but there's also a shift like you can be successful and have money as a blue color worker, but only if you do certain jobs, like only if you work FIFO. Mm. So you're still considered a working man. You're just getting paid well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very That's very interesting. And people are weird. I was saying this to, to Nick Bowditch, like, you know, yeah. like for example, with gold fever, because I do gold prospecting, you chuck $50 nugget on the ground and you put $150 on the ground, right? People know that $150 is worth more than the gold, but for some reason, their psyche tells them to pick the gold up first. You know, it's freaking crazy, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's very interesting. So I'm you... Just, uh, yeah, go on. No, no, go ahead. I, I was just trying to reflect on if I had any of that growing up because I was quite fortunate. Um mm. Um, being in the family that I was, um, quite a fortunate kid. Um, it's the same, you know, Scrooge McDuck, yep. Monty Burns, yeah, you know, all the bad people have money. Mm. Yeah, uh, and all, even all, if it's a subconscious thing. Yep, and all the heroes come from working class except for Batman. Yep. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's very true. Where where it's almost like where it, it's um, drilled into us at a very young age. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And, um, yeah, don't know why. Don't mm. know why. Ego judgment, yep. you know, all that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been such a good talk. Yeah. Um, if anyone right. wants to get in touch with you or any information, where can they, where can they get a hold of you? You can find me on Instagram, um, Facebook. Yep. And you'll send um, me those links and I can put them in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, that'd be great. I'll, awesome. I'll send you those links. Awesome, um, it's really yeah. been good talking to you. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, no worries at all. It's been great. Yeah, man, I'm going to talk to you soon. Yeah, oh, anytime. <laughs> all right. See you, mate. Thank you.